Hello and thank you for listening. My name is James Schofield, founder and minister of James Schofield Ministries and the host of the James Schofield Ministries podcast. So I was in the car with a friend of mine uh, heading back from my church to my home and we got on the conversation of uh, differing theology and how we tend to get into this mindset that Theology is kind of set in stone, and if you have a certain theological viewpoint that uh, somebody else doesn't have, well, they kind of end up going by the wayside. Uh, you know, you kind of disregard what they're saying, and um, you know, arguments can even uh, ensue with that. And the problem with that is, is that we're starting to forget uh, when it comes to that, that at the end of the day, about being a Christian isn't about a certain theological viewpoint. It's actually about Jesus just being at the center of your life. So for this episode, I wanted to go over set in stone theology and kind of what uh, the Bible says about having different ideologies and just in general about how we judge other people. Um, so, you know, I had this conversation with uh, my friend Rich and he was going over how he was, uh, he was at a convention. Um, I, I can't remember, I think, I don't know if he was listening to Andy Stanley or, you know, somebody along those lines and how as he was talking, you know, people were kind of like, okay, okay. They were kind of getting, you know, getting it and everything. And then eventually he came on certain topics, uh, that, um, during the intermission or at the end of it. Uh, Rich had overheard that, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, he made some great points. But then when he mentioned uh, this or that and the other, uh, he just he lost me. And, uh, you know, we have a few of these like uh, we make this joke uh, that Rob Bell, you know, if you if you read Rob Bell or if you watch him uh, in our small group where we were using him. Uh, one of his uh, DVD series uh, to kind of springboard our conversations. And we made this joke, well, you know, I mean, if, it, if it's Rob Bell, I got to go, <laughs> you know, because uh, Rob Bell is kind of controversial for some people and some of his views are kind of different. And, you know, I, I think what we're kind of missing again with this viewpoint that, uh, you know, we disregard what somebody has to say just because uh, overall we don't agree uh, or, or certain aspects of what they're saying we don't agree with. And we just kind of uh, carte blanche, get rid of everything that they say. So I kind of want to dive deep in that for this episode and really go over uh, what's kind of the danger of having this set in stone theology and uh, also uh, go over what... Uh, really we should be doing if somebody does have a different theological viewpoint than our own. So I want to dive in and I just want to read uh, one piece of scripture right off the bat uh, that really goes over this uh, when we're talking about theology or um, uh, they also call it hermeneutics, which uh, if you don't know hermeneutics, it's basically in a nutshell uh, a process for interpreting the Bible. So it's uh, heavily used in, you know, if you're if you're going for your Master of Divinity or anything like that, you're learning her- hermeneutics, you're learning how to interpret the Bible, which in, in itself, that's almost uh, something where it's like, oh, wait, I have to learn how to interpret the Bible? 
Uh, well, apparently they say you do. And um, I think what's important about that is that we need to get to the point where we're not learning how to interpret the Bible as opposed to we're learning how to properly communicate what we see in the Bible. Because one thing I want to make sure that everybody knows, there's a reason why the Bible is called a living word. And that's not just because, you know, it, it, it was inspired by God. It's also because uh, it's, it's the way it's written is anybody who's reading it is going to come away with it in a different way. And, you know, let's be real. Uh, the Bible itself is a work of literature as well. Yes, it's absolutely inspired by God, but at the end of the day, it's written down, we read it, it is literature. And how many times have you had a discussion with somebody about a book that you've read where you might have different views on who did this or who did that or uh, you know what was in the mindset of the protagonist? The Bible can be interpreted the same kind of way. There are classes literally specifically called at my university, there's a Bible class called the Bible as literature. And we are able to interpret the Bible in different ways. And in the Bible, it says uh, in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, it says, all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So it says that the scripture is used, uh, you know, in order to use it almost as a manual to figure out how the intricacies of Christian living are supposed to be. But you notice at the end it says that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It doesn't say specifically what servant. It doesn't say the pastor at this church or the person who has been going to church their whole life or the person who has a doctorate in theology. It just says a servant of God. The servant of God is everybody. Now, it doesn't say exactly, hey, uh, this scripture is inspired by God, and if you read it this way, it's profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, and for training in righteousness. It just says that the scripture itself is profitable. So, taking from that and kind of keeping out that omission that reading it a certain way is used for this. It just says that the scripture itself is used. And I go right back to where we talk about how the Bible is a living, breathing word. It is the living word of God, which means that it's going to speak to each of us in a different way. And we have to get to the point where we understand that it's okay that other people might have a different theological viewpoint than us. And uh, in John, uh, at the end, uh, in John uh, chapter 20, verses uh, 30 and 31, uh, he says, uh, when he was giving his report, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book, but there these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Notice he doesn't say that the things that are written in this book are written so that way you can be right, this person can be wrong, and how they interpret it uh, can be picked apart. It just says flat out the reason why John wrote his book was just so that way you would believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Think about that again. He doesn't say anything about interpreting it a certain way. It's just that, you know what, the only interpretation that you need to know is that Jesus is the Messiah. 
uh, in First John uh, chapter 4, verse 2, it says, This is how you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. doesn't say every spirit that interprets the Bible a certain way or has this certain viewpoint. It just says flat out anybody that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Uh, the book of Proverbs, which is like the book of wisdom in the Old Testament, uh, kind of talks about this as well. In Proverbs uh, chapter 3, verses 5 and 7, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own understanding. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Uh, so it says, Trust the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own understanding. So when we talk about interpreting the Bible, we need to understand that when we're the ones interpreting it, we shouldn't be relying on our own understanding of it. We should be just trusting in the Lord. And if somebody else has a different view, that the Lord, again, this is a living word, the Lord could be speaking to them in a different way. You could be reading literally the same scripture when you're 20 and then read it when you're 30, and you could get, come away with it with a completely different view. And you have to kind of get to that point that, uh, you know, when you're talking to somebody else, they might have a different view as well. The Lord could be speaking to them in a different way that you are, and that's okay. Now, uh, I'm not saying that, of course, uh, there are people out there, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. Obviously, there are some that abuse the scripture in order to influence other people to do certain things. And that absolutely is not what I'm trying to say is that that's okay. But when you're having these conversations with people in general, and they tend to have a different viewpoint of a certain scripture, you have to understand that that's okay. Their understanding is going to be different than your own. They uh, had a different walk of life than you did. And and, and I kind of uh, want to take a minute with that to uh, kind of go over another thing that uh, when it comes to um, understanding, uh, I kind of said this in uh, one of my blog posts. Um, you know, I talk about uh, uh, which Bible translation is correct. Uh, and obviously, you can't see me, and I did a little, uh, little thing with my hand and a little quotation marks. Uh, with that... Uh, you know, it, it goes to say that, um, you know, some people even say that they go as far as saying uh, certain translations shouldn't be used or certain translations are completely wrong or you shouldn't be reading that one because that's not the true word of God. Well, in that one, I kind of said that uh, Jesus was a perfect teacher in an imperfect world. And he understood that, that, you know, not everybody's going to understand what he says in the same way. And not everybody's even going to understand what he says if it was coming straight from his mouth. So when he appointed apostles, he didn't get people who just uh, looked like him or thought like him or, you know, grew up the same way. No, he got different walks of life. Uh, he had people who were fishermen. He appointed, uh, had a tax collector follow him. He had somebody who uh, was a zealot, which uh, if you don't know, a zealot was basically um, kind of like this sect within uh, Judaism. Uh, they were engaged uh, with politics. Uh, their big thing happened to do with uh, anarchy, which not, not in a completely negative connotation, but uh, they wanted the Romans out of uh, Judah and out, out of Israel. And uh, so these zealots are basically kind of like political activists. And then he also even appointed, you know, we, we don't think you, you might 
not think about this, but Judas was an apostle of Jesus at one time. Judas, of course, was a thief and he was a betrayer. And another one I want to point out, and this is a big one, he ended up putting an apostle in place who wrote so much of the New Testament, he happened to be a persecutor of the Christians before he became a Christian himself. So again, we go to this where we have people with different theological viewpoints. Paul, uh, who beforehand was Saul, had the epitome of an opposing viewpoint in theology. He flat out was persecuting, imprisoning uh, these Christians because they believed in Jesus. So think about that again. We had apostles who were from all walks of life, even people who were persecuting the very people that they ended up ministering to. So we think about that and, uh, you know, we, we go into this uh, mentality with these people with opposing viewpoints and we start to judge them and we start to disregard what they say, yet we have a person who was not only disregarding what the Christians had to say, he was flat out getting them locked up and he ended up becoming a Christian himself and ended up preaching. In uh, Matthew uh, uh, chapter 7, verses 1 through 5, uh, it says, Do not judge so that you won't be judged, for you will be judged by the same standard with which you judge others, and you will be measured by the same measure you use. Why do you look at the splinter in your brother's eye, but don't notice the beam of wood in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the splinter out of your eye and look, there's a beam of wood in your own eye. Hypocrite. First take the beam of wood out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the splinter out of your brother's eye. So right there, you know, we go, we jump to this whole judging mentality of people who have a different viewpoint. But again, we have to understand that we all grow up a different way. We all have different uh, upbringings. We all have different ways that we're coming at scripture. And so we need to be like, look, if you have a different opposing viewpoint than me, let's have a discussion. I'm not going to judge you because if you're judging somebody, then first of all, you're inviting them to judge you right back. And nobody that I know at least likes to be judged. So let's go by the same mentality and not judge other people. If they have another viewpoint, let's try to understand that viewpoint. Because what if at the end of the day, we end up finding out that we judge this person and then a week goes by, a month goes by, a year goes by, and next thing you know, something comes up where we realize, you know what, that person who had that viewpoint that was different than mine at that point was actually right, and I was wrong, because we could have that beam in our eye when we're focusing on their little splinter. Uh, in James, uh, the, the book of James, uh, chapter 4, verses 11 through 12, it says, Don't criticize one another, brothers and sisters. Anyone who defames or judges a fellow believer defames and judges the law. If you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver and judge who is able to save and destroy, but who are you to judge your neighbor? So if somebody has a different theological viewpoint, and you don't necessarily agree with it, you know, we, we have this uh, phrase where it's like, oh, yeah, that's between them and God. You know, what you're doing with your life is between you and God. You know what? When they have a different theological viewpoint, that is also between them and God. 
So who are we to judge that particular viewpoint? We don't necessarily, we don't have to agree with it. I'm not, again, not saying that you should automatically be agreeing with whatever anybody has to say, but you should not be judging what that person has to say uh, just on what you believe. Uh, you should be considering what they have to say, you know, consider it yourself. And if you don't agree with it, that's perfectly fine, but that doesn't mean you should be disregarding them. If they have an opinion, and again, the Bible is a work of literature, and the way that we read it is our personal opinion, and that's an opinion that we're having a conversation with God, and that's what that person is feeling as God telling them when they're reading that book. So when we're going through this, we need to, again, understand that um, our opinion is valuable, but so is their opinion. And the last little bit of scripture I wanted to, to kind of leave you with uh, was in Romans. It's in chapter 4, verse 5. It says, one person judges one day to be more important than another day. Someone else judges every day to be the same. Let each one be fully convinced in his own mind. That ending right there, let each one be fully convinced in his own mind. So, if you have a different viewpoint than somebody else, that is fine. If you know you don't agree with it, that's okay. But let's agree to disagree. And you know what? Let's agree on one thing. One important thing that we tend to forget when we keep disregarding these people and we keep judging them and we keep saying, oh, they're not this or that. Or some people even go as far as saying, you know what? That person is not a true Christian. Let's go back to what we are saying and let's go back and think, you know what? What does that person believe? Okay. They might believe this or that or the other, but what is the one thing that prompts them to begin believing these other things. And that is that Jesus is the savior. Jesus needs to be at the center, period. It's not our theological viewpoint or disregarding their theological viewpoint. It's that if Jesus is at the center for both of us, let's have this conversation. If I don't agree, let's talk about why I might not agree. Let's talk about why you don't agree with mine. Let's have a conversation instead of just disregarding what each other believes. And going back to set in stone theology, you know, with uh, scripture, it says flat out, it's profitable for teaching, for correcting, and for training in righteousness. As a Christian, you never stop training as a Christian. I'm going to say it again. As a Christian, you never stop training to be a Christian. The most famous pastor in the entire world, even the, I'm going to go as far as even saying the Pope, never stops learning how to be a Christian. There's no such thing as somebody on this earth who is the absolute perfect Christian, who knows everything under the sun, who can tell you everything is possible uh, or everything possible in the Bible or everything is po or everything possible about Christianity. It doesn't exist and it never will exist except for one person, and that is Jesus. Jesus is the only true end all be all 100% perfect being not us we are always training to be a better christian and part of that training needs to be observing other people and if we don't agree with it let's have a conversation cuz you know what i'm going to say something right now you could be wrong and they could be right 
you could be wrong and they could be right about a particular theological viewpoint. If you talk to people uh, at our church, at the church, the uh, my home church, you know, we have all different walks of life. I mean, we've had people who were Catholic who are still Catholic. We have people who came from Pentecostal churches. We have people who came from Baptist churches. We have people who came from, you know, Lutheran, people who came from uh, non-denomination. We have all these different walks of life. We even have people... Uh, on staff who don't even agree on different theological viewpoints. But you know what? They work together. They have fun together. They love each other because they understand that Jesus is at the center and that is the number one viewpoint that we should all be sharing. Beyond that, everything else is just fluff. It really is. It's just fluff. I mean, it shouldn't be, uh, you know, when it, when it comes to worship, which worship isn't just, you know, raising your hands in the air and singing praise. Worship also has to do with uh, actions. Worship has to do with how you're living your life. When you wake up to when you go to sleep, you are worshiping or you should be worshiping God in everything that you do. And you know what? It doesn't matter how you're worshiping. It matters why you're worshiping. And if you why you're worshiping is that it's because of Jesus, then you're worshiping correctly. Period. Set in stone theology should not exist. Theology is something that should be ever changing in you. Because you know what? God reveals himself over time. God is not somebody who uh, is, is not just as being who hears everything. This is it. I'm never going to change anything. I'm going to keep everything the way it is at all times. I'm going to have everything completely revealed at the same time. And that is it. No, if you read the Bible, it flat out shows the evolution of how God is communicating with us. In the Old Testament, uh, it would be you, if you wanted to talk to God, you had to go to your rabbi or you had to go to the prophets or, um, you know, you had to be a prophet yourself, basically. You had to be appointed by God to communicate with God. Well, you know what? That changed. God brought, came down, Jesus came down, allowed us to have that personal relationship now where we don't have to go seek somebody else in order to have that conversation. So again, just as the conversations with God evolve, so too can our theological viewpoints. Let's not make them set in stone. Let's make theological viewpoint, the only set in stone theological viewpoint is that Jesus needs to be at the center of everything that we do. And it also needs to be at the center of the conversations we have with other people. And if we don't agree with them, let's have a conversation about it because you know what? We can all agree on one thing and that is Jesus is at the center of it. So I want to thank you for listening to this particular episode, and I want to invite everybody to start having these conversations with people who have different theological viewpoints as your own. And you know what? If you have a different theological viewpoint than what you've been hearing on the podcast, I want to hear that too. I want to have a conversation with you, and I want to start to understand, because the whole ministry is based off of uh, Proverbs 4-7, and that is the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom, though it costs all you have, get understanding. And I want to have that. So go right onto Facebook and leave me a comment at Schofield Ministries because I want to have these conversations with you. Until next Saturday, let's keep these conversations going. 
Thank you for listening to the James Schofield Ministries podcast. And if you like what you hear, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platforms such as Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. You'll get a new episode every Saturday, but the conversation doesn't have to end there. You can go to Facebook at Schofield Ministries and either leave a comment or send me a private message and keep the dialogue flowing.